Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Welcome. Here is Pastor Mark Hashigan with this week's message. We are going to be reading out of the book of Acts, and that's in the New Testament, if you didn't know that. Acts 24, verses 24 and 25. Acts 24, 24 and 25. Can you believe that we've already made it through January of this year? I'm telling you, time just keeps on zooming, doesn't it? We're, I mean, we're already a month into 2021. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, I preached about uh, our time here in this life and how quickly it goes. And and uh, this month sure, past month sure lived up to that, didn't it? And as time goes by so quickly, it's clear to me um, the importance to us as being disciples of Christ to, to get the gospel message out there uh, to those that God has put in our sphere of uh, influence, those who our Heavenly Father has placed in our path to share the good news of, of Jesus Christ. And there's no better way to spend the time that we have here in this life than giving away the love of Jesus to others. It's really been laid on my heart, and I've shared this with some of you, um, the, the last really year, longer, but, but even, I mean, that's part of my job, if you will, but not only as a pastor, but as a, but as a Christian to, to share the gospel. But I can't explain it. It's just something that I believe is God's Holy Spirit is just putting it, putting in my heart that, that we need to pick it up. We need to do it now. Uh, and I'm not saying that the, that Jesus is coming tomorrow, that he's going to rapture us up, but we don't know. And it's, it's our job to, to be ready, to be looking and ready. And I think that as a church, not just First Baptist Church welcome, but the church universal as a whole, I think we're really falling short. You know, we play at church and, and, and we don't do what we need to do to bring people to Christ. You know, we say the right things, we might have the right attitude, but we don't just come up and ask somebody, hey, do you know Jesus? You know, and maybe we need to start doing that. Because every day that we're alive, every day, even after we pass on and peep man is in, on this earth, that we're in the church age, is one day closer to Christ coming again. It's one day closer to that tribulation period. Uh, this past week, I had uh, uh, listened to read, or watched a, a video about this gentleman and of course it happens all the time but uh who had um who put a date again on when christ was coming when when 
when Jesus's millennial kingdom would start on earth. And I'm listening to this guy, and this guy's, I mean, he has got all the scripture, he's got all of the, the, the biblical numerology, he's, you know, the, the dates, the, the numbers, the, the whole thing, very compelling. But in my mind, I'm just, the whole time he's talking, and I had to, of course, watch it all the way to the end, right? I mean, because it's like waiting for an accident to happen, you know? You, you, you're just waiting, so you just keep watching. How many of you guys would do that, watch that on YouTube, all those where there's people flipping cars? and Anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm listening to this guy talk, and he's, and, and, and like I said, it's all very compelling, and, and the thing that just keeps sticking in my head is, is it, buddy, which part of the scripture are you missing when Jesus himself said, no one knows. No one knows when that day is going to come. Not even me. Only the Father knows. And so if you're a Christian, why are you making this pronouncement? He wrote a book. In any case, if you're interested... The rapture is going to happen in July of this year. Okay? So just in case, you might want to be ready. That could happen anytime, mind you. But, you know, sometime in the late summer, early fall, July, August of this, of this uh, year, the rapture is going to happen. The tribulation is going to start. And then in 2028, Jesus is, uh, in the fall of 2028, Jesus' 1,000-year reign is going to start. So we won't be here to worry about that. So, you know, don't go selling your houses. Don't go getting rid of stuff so that in July, you know, uh, otherwise you'll be looking for somewhere to live. But just the idea of us leaving here. Just the idea of us leaving this life and not doing what we're supposed to be doing as Jesus' children, as his brothers and sisters, as heirs to the throne, to, to, to share the gospel. Yes, you're saved. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not what you were supposed to be saved for. We're saved so that we can point other people to the cross. Amen. So as time, as time slips away from us, I really am super focused on ways that we as individuals, we as his church, um, can reach people with God's grace through Jesus. And everyday people that we know leave this life without ever experiencing that knowledge. That doesn't mean they hadn't been presented to them, but they never owned the knowledge of Christ in their life. And brothers and sisters, sometimes, a lot of the times, it's our fault. 
So I'd love to be able to say that, that everyone here, that everyone that's watching today is saved and, and going to heaven. But according to the Bible, it's highly unlikely that everybody attending or everybody watching today is saved. So it's not because God doesn't want to be, uh, doesn't want people to be saved because he really does. He wants us all in heaven. Sadly, the reason so many people aren't saved today is because there's something in their life that's become a stumbling block. Something that keeps them from doing that. Something that hinders them from making the decision to commit their lives to Jesus. Somewhere, sometime, someplace in the average person's lives, they are offered God's free gift of salvation at least one time. And even if they're not, the Bible tells us that nature expresses God, tells us of God, shows us God's power and might and mercy. But for one reason or another, we reject God's offer, that gift, and, and we go on our way heading for hell like it's, like it's the ultimate retirement community. Well, in God's holy word, in the book of Acts, there are several times where the apostle Paul stands in judgment for his belief in Christ and, and for following Jesus and for preaching the gospel wherever he went. Wouldn't you love to have been around him? I mean, he, he talked about Jesus everywhere that he went to anyone that would listen. And you think the people back then were any different than they are today? No. They dressed differently. They didn't have technology. But they were the same people that we are today. Same attitudes, same beliefs and unbeliefs. And yet, Paul shared the gospel all the time. Today, I'd like to use this message to tell you about three people who had three different situations that show us what kept them from being saved. And then what I hope is that we can make that applicable to our lives. And more than that, I want to look and see if we recognize anyone in our lives that resemble these people. Even if it's ourself. Again, just because you're in church doesn't make you a Christian, doesn't make you a believer any more than, than go, you know, going into McDonald's makes you a cheeseburger. Right? It's no different. So let's start this lesson with a man by the name of Felix. Acts 24, verses 24 and 25. God's word says, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the, the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have 
a convenient season I will call for thee. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. See, here in chapter 24, Paul has already testified before Felix um, about the false accusations that had been presented to him that had him arrested. He was accused by the high priest and the elders of stirring up trouble in the synagogues and, and among the Jewish people. Well, several days had passed and Felix, along with his wife, Drusilla, had sent for Paul to hear, to hear him talk about what he believed about his faith in Christ. So Paul preached this message and, and, and that message brought this deep conviction to Felix's heart. Now, when before you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you remember sitting in church? I mean, you didn't go the first time you went to church, you didn't accept Jesus, right? Right? But most people don't. You know, most people, most people don't. One time since I've been a pastor here, did we have one person do that? <laughs> Long time ago. We never saw him again. Don't even know where he's at. <laughs> In any case, So, you know, we hear the messages and, 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 and did, you, did you feel that conviction at a message that you heard from whoever was, was preaching to you? You know, did, did it sound like, like the preacher was talking right at you and it hit you right in the heart and you felt it? And you looked at your life in shame. You looked at, at, at how things were, how you were. And that's how Felix felt. He felt that conviction. In, ver in verse 25, as the apostle preached of righteousness and, and temperance and, and judgment, the Bible says Felix trembled as he heard Paul preach the word of God. His heart began to melt. He had this deep conviction that, that took root all the way into his soul. And the Holy Spirit was working on him. He was feeling it. See, Felix had known that everything that Paul was saying was true. Here was a man who was married to another man's wife. Whose very name, the name Felix, means pleasure. Who was immoral and had unrestrained passion. He lived his life with the attitude, get all you can while you can. Does it sound familiar? Eat, drink, sleep, and be merry. See, this was a deeply lost sinner who had this opportunity to sit and to listen to a man chosen by Jesus himself. And when all was said and done, Felix allowed his love for his sin to keep him out of heaven. Verse 25b, it says, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season. I will call for thee. How sad is that? Isn't it? You feel the Spirit moving you. How sad that Felix let that go. 2,000 years ago and today, it's still sad that
that people do the same exact thing. The same thing. And you may know people like that. Brothers and sisters, you can't be saved in a time when it's convenient for you. You can't look for the right time to come to Christ. I mean, people have actually told me, I'll get saved when I'm ready. I'll do it. It's okay. I'm good. I'll get saved when I get my life straightened out. Let me ask you, brothers and sisters, is your life straightened out? That's a whole nother sermon. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 is clear. Where it says, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I succored, which means helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now. In other words, every day that you live without Christ in your life is right to do it. Every day, every moment when you're not walking with him, it's the time to accept him. And if you're out there listening today, you got to get saved now. Do it now. Stop waiting. Stop letting pride and everything else in your life get in the way of it. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord why he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Write that down. Study that word. Use that when, you, when you're talking to someone about Jesus. Isaiah 55, 6. We have Felix there basically saying that, that Hey, I see what you're saying. I get it. I feel it. I'm feeling you, brother. And I'll get back to you a little bit later. You know, when I have time. And sitting beside him was his wife, Drusilla, and she was a Jewess, you know? And she had forsaken her Jewish uh, beliefs, but she knew the religion. She knew her lifestyle was wrong. She knew according to the Old Testament law that she was living in sin. But there was, there was something that maybe you might have missed in, in our script passage of Scripture in verses 24 and 25. It told us that, that when Paul preached that Felix trembled. But it didn't say anything about how Felix's wife reacted. Could it be that this woman had hardened her heart against the truth for so long that Paul's passionate preaching of the truth had, had little or no effect on her at all? Not enough to be mentioned? I mean, what a tragedy. My friends, if you ever come to a point in your heart and where it's no longer convicted when the word of God is being preached, 
then you might be in big trouble. If you leave here on a Sunday morning, not because of, of, of the way that I preach or who I, what I'm preaching, but by the word of God itself being spoken and you don't feel change, you don't feel something, then maybe you're in trouble. Maybe you came in here not ready and you left the same way that you came in. I'm no Billy Graham. I'm just me. But God's Spirit uses these words for you and for me. Dr. George Truitt, many years ago, he's a preacher in, a famous preacher in Texas. Um, and he had a friend who was a, a lawyer in Dallas. And one day he came to Dr. Truett and he said, George, you and I came here to Dallas at the same time. You were a young preacher and I was a young lawyer. I must confess that when I first heard you, I was moved. I was moved a great deal by your sermons. Very frankly, there were nights where I couldn't sleep. But as the years wore on, I could listen to you and it didn't disturb me anymore. He chuckled and said, and you're a lot better preacher now than you were then. The sad truth is the more that we knowingly live in sin, that we walk away from the Lord, the less and less the truth is going to be able to convict our hearts. We become numb. We, and especially when we're, we're living in that duality of life, you know, we're living in the world and we're living in for Christ. It doesn't work. You've heard it said, you know, you, you can't, you can't walk with, with Satan and hold hands with Jesus. Ephesians four nineteen says, who being past feeling, meaning we become calloused, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. For all of us that, that where our heart gets calloused, where we stop feeling that the Holy Spirit working on us, when coming to church is just coming to church, it's just part of what we do. When we live in the world, in our lusts, in our thoughts, our worldly thoughts overcome the passion that we have for Christ. Don't wait to come to God's saving grace. Don't wait to come to Jesus. Don't be a Felix. There is no time to be saved except for now. The next person that we're going to study is Festus. You'll find Festus in, in Acts chapter 25. We're going to read 19 and 20. Where it says, but had a certain questions against him of their own superstition 
and of one Jesus, which was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I doubted of such manner of questions, I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem and there be judged out of these, of these matters. So in Acts 25, verses 19 and 20, we can see that during the time that Paul spent with Festus, now, now he met with Felix and then immediately went and talked to Festus, spent time with Festus. And Paul being Paul, he certainly witnessed, gave his witness, his testimony to Festus. In verse 19, the Bible tells us that Paul affirmed that Jesus, who Festus knew was dead, was still alive. Paul told Festus that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah, the, the, the Savior of the world, who rose from the dead. And in verse 20, we see this reply from Festus to, to hearing the gospel of Christ. A sad response. I mean... Like I said, Felix, he used, he used procrastination to get his ticket to hell. But Festus uses his dead-on unbelief. Verse 20 says that he doubted of such manner of questions. I'm telling you right now and here today that this man doubted his way right to hell with all the rest of those that have died since then and have died, uh, that are living right now, that, are, that are, are on the precipice of passing this life and going straight to hell because of their unbelief in Jesus. Jesus indeed rose from the dead. And this shows us his rightful place in heaven and as our Savior. The Bible says that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Whether you believe it or not, he is the risen Savior. And we'll all submit to him now, or we'll all submit to him when he judges our sins and casts all the unbelievers into hell. Hell is real. I don't care. You know, you, you have all these people today saying that, that hell is not a real place. And brothers and sisters, if you don't tell people and, and, and let them know for sure that it is a real place, then you're doing a great disservice to your faith, to your testimony. Acts 4.12 tells us, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Are we doing that?
Felix decided to wait for salvation that he never accepted. And Festus, he just downright didn't believe. He rejected Christ. Our final character in our study this morning is Agrippa. Agrippa gives us the third rejection of the gospel of Christ by a Roman politician. If you read Acts 26 verses 1 through 26, you'll see that, that Agrippa, he had a, this, a decent knowledge of the scriptures and, and the religion of, of the Jewish but Paul tells him that, that he'll gladly tell this high-ranking politician his testimony. See, Paul, he was, you know, he was getting ready to be, you know, judged. He was waiting. And he had decided he was going to go, he wanted to go to Rome. He was a Roman citizen. He wanted to go to Rome because he knew that he would have an opportunity to preach the gospel in Rome, even if it meant his death. In any case, he talked to Felix, then he talked to Festus, now he's talking to Agrippa, who was, who was the, the, the king, if you would, of Judea. Paul proceeds to tell Agrippa how he personally met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. Y'all remember that story, right? He tells Agrippa that Christ was supposed to suffer and die and that he would be the first to rise from the dead. And again, Paul presents the risen Lord, the Savior for, <coughs> for all mankind, including the Gentiles. That's you and I, right? Paul then asks Agrippa the magic question in verse 27 of, of, of chapter 26. And then he gets Agrippa's uh, response in, in verse 28. Verse 27, it says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. In other words, he knows the scriptures. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou per persuadest me to be a Christian. You almost got me, right? You almost got me, you know? Just a little bit more. Agrippa said that you almost got me. Can you believe that? How many of you did that? How many of you have done that? Especially if you came to Christ older like, like I did. How many times have people, I can't tell you how many times Leon Bateman talked to me because I'd sold him vehicles and, and he would talk to me when he would come down and before I joined the church and we would talk and he would, you know, he would go, yeah, come on, you know, what's your relationship with Jesus? Oh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I saw pictures of him in my grandmother's house, you know, saw that picture of him sitting at the table with all those people having dinner. It was a party, right? I knew Jesus. I know who he is. Psh. No. No. I'm thankful that Leon never gave up on me. <laughs> we all know that almost 
is not good enough, right? You almost got me, he told, Agrippa told Paul. Almost is not good enough. You remember that old saying growing up, right? I don't know if they still say it or not. Almost only counts in what? Horseshoes and hand grenades. You've heard it say that almost saved is all the way lost. It's clear that Agrippa was also under conviction as Felix was, what was as the Holy Spirit led him. As he heard the gospel of, of, of message for, from Paul that, that was shared with him and with his wife, Bernice, who I think was related to Drusilla, to be, to, if, I'm, if I'm not wrong. But Agrippa flatly rejects the message of God's saving grace through Jesus Christ. You almost persuaded me to be a Christian. <laughs> How many people in our lives do we know that, that are that close? That listen to our words, that, that don't turn us off. To sit there and shake their heads when you're talking to them, you know. You're telling them how good Jesus is, yeah. And they're shaking their head and they're going, yeah, I, I'm almost there. I'm just about on the edge. See, we that, that believe see it so clearly that the only way to heaven is by accepting that gospel message. Why are so many people blind to it? I look back in my own personal life at the times prior to me accepting Christ. And I see how many times God had put that opportunity in front of me. And I walked away. I walked away. I wanted to be in the world, man. If I came to church, that means I have to stop having fun. Well, I'm here to tell you there are a lot of people that haven't stopped having fun. There's still a lot of Christians that have fun. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that think they're Christians that are having their own kind of fun. They haven't made that decision to follow Christ. Rich people, poor people, married and unmarried, healthy people, sick people, people of all races and religious backgrounds. More people will re reject the gospel message, will reject Jesus, then will accept him. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus himself says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for the wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Do you understand what that says, right? I mean, Jesus is talking about people that can say they're Christians. Say they're Christians. All these megachurches across the world 
are filled this morning. Well, maybe not with COVID, but filled in some kind of way. Right? And if the rapture happened today, and they were in church, just as if this place was full and we were in church, and the rapture happened on a Sunday morning, you would be surprised on how many people would be left here. They're Christian in name only. All of, of these people, without accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior of life, they are eternally separated from God. In a place where there's going to be constant screaming, weeping, gnashing of teeth. A place of eternal suffering on every level of consciousness. Every level. That means your body, mind, and soul. You can't escape it. For those who hear these words, have you really been, been saved? Have you really accepted Christ? I say it every week because God has placed that on my heart because there's so many of you that have not done it. And, you can, and we can tell because Jesus told us, by their fruit, we will know them. And if you come to church and you don't, Profess Christ to other people and, 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 your, and what you do in your life and how you present yourself does not present Christ. Maybe you have not accepted Jesus. You got to do it. None of us is perfect. We all fail. But there's so many people. I would love, I would love, not for, for my glory, but for, for this church, if everybody, if the rapture came in, everybody left here. Everybody had really made that decision. Because there are people out there right now that are listening to me. That are saying, yeah, I got this. I've been doing this. I've been, I've been saved for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years I've been going to church. That doesn't mean anything if you don't have Christ. Renting space in a pew on a Sunday morning does not ensure your place in heaven. I don't care how old you are. Have you completely submitted to him? Have you gone down on bended knee, confessed your sins by your mouth that Jesus is Lord and repented? Have you done that? And it's sad to say, but there's going to be a lot of people who attend church that are going to be among those that are judged by, the, by their sins and tossed into hell with, with whoever didn't accept Christ. And as I've said before, so many have uttered the words with their mouth but have never given their hearts and lives to Christ. Never. And you can stand in here every Sunday and look me in the face. Because you've convinced yourself that you're saved. But you haven't shown Jesus that. We've become our own stumbling block, haven't we? 
If Christianity was a political party, then these people would be considered Sinos. Sinos. How's that? Sinos. Yes, yeah, Sinos. Christians in name only. Do we know any of those? Really? If we're honest, we all know people that are Christian in name only, right? Father God has offered us an alternative to the eternity that we deserve. And by his grace, through the life, works, blood, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have a way to heaven. So I ask you, do you identify with Felix, Festus, or Agrippa? Do you know somebody that does? Because it's important that we check ourselves. We have to be honest, completely honest. It's important for our eternity. But not only that, what makes it even worse, it's important for all those people in your life that watch you, that respect you, that believe you, and they're going to do what you do. And so if you don't really believe, if they see that you don't believe, if you have rejected Jesus, guess what? This includes your kids. They're going to reject Christ. And guess what happens to them? You pull them right into hell with you because of you. How many of us are guilty of that? How many of us as Christians aren't doing what we're supposed to do? I don't know about you, but I do not want to be personally responsible for pulling anyone into hell. Not because I pulled them because of my witness or I didn't tell them. I didn't show them. There are a lot of people who aren't willing to repent and get saved. God knows that. The Bible says in Luke 13, 5, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Jesus paid the price for us to get into heaven. But you have to be willing to let it all go. To turn to him, to surrender your life to him, and he'll take care of you. Just get saved for real. And it's going to be the greatest thing by far that's ever happened to you. See, we all have stumbling blocks, don't we? We all could be better at, at, at being a, a Christian, can't we? Because we let pride get in our way. Every Sunday we offer an opportunity for people to come forward to pray for them. Let's pray for you. And nobody comes. I'm not going to stop asking. But why doesn't anybody come? Because there's certainly people out there that I know need the prayer. 
Pride. Pride, the root of, of, of most all of our sins, right? Yeah, I'm not going to go up there because then everybody's going to know I'm, that I got something bad going on. Then they're going to be wondering. They're going to think I got, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. You know, people just want to pray. Another stumbling block is pleasure. I don't want to come to Christ because I can't have fun. You know what I'm talking about. You know, because whatever you did yesterday that, that you shouldn't have, and you're here thinking about it today, that pleasure, go, hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, or, or maybe not. I don't know. Pleasure is a stumbling block for us because we don't want to, we think that, that, that we can't have fun. We can't have pleasure as, as Christians. The only pleasure that we can't have is immoral. Stuff that, that the Bible clearly leads to actually our, our conscience. The Holy Spirit tells us if it's right or wrong. How about people? Can people be a stumbling block? Absolutely. How many people won't come to Jesus because they don't want to be talked about? Oh, you're one of them. You're one of those weirdos for Jesus. How many of you let your past keep you from coming forward. I told you my story. After I came to after I came to Christ, I felt like I had to play makeup for all those years I ran the other way. Till my spiritual father told me, "Yeah, nope." But too many of us leave our past. We forget the price that Christ paid to make that all go away. Look, I don't know where your walk is. For those of you here, I mean, I know your, your witness. I know how, you know, what I see. I, I know I see works. And I do care. But ultimately, your relationship, where you are, whether you really accepted Christ, really, is between you and him. That's the truth. I want what Jesus wants. I want you in heaven. I'm going to be there. I'll be scrubbing the, the, the gold roads with a toothbrush. But I'm going to be there. Are you? Are the people you love, the people that God has placed in your life, even those, those people that you talk to, are they? Are we doing our job? Or are we a stumbling block? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you use us. That you use us to bring the message, I pray that we would be more like Paul. And I know that every one of us is, you know, that's not our, um, our gift. And certainly there were, there were other, others of the apostles that were, that were more subdued. But Lord, one thing I'm sure of, even though 
They might be subdued. They were all on fire for Jesus. That every one of them proclaimed the gospel wherever they went. And Lord, they're no different than us. You've called us. You've given us a way. Lord, let's help those that we can. Let's give everyone the opportunity to hear the gospel through our testimony, our witness. And Father, I pray that, that you give us a heart of boldness, a temperament of patience and discernment and a love for Jesus that can be seen by everyone that sees us. And Father, please help us to not be stumbling blocks on the road to salvation. And we give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all God's children said, amen. We hope that you were blessed by the message today. First Baptist Welcome has Sunday worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in person and online. Check us out at firstbaptistwelcome.com for all of our services. We are located at 6735 Port Tobacco Road in Welcome, Maryland. That's First Baptist Welcome, where Jesus will meet you where you are, but never leave you there.